to another episode of the Horizon Roundtable. I am Bob McDonald. You can find me on Twitter at Bob McDonald. And this is part two of the 2021 Jimmy Lemke Fan Battle Royale, which is, if we're being honest, Jimmy Lemke's Fan Battle Royale, because joining us as our host is none other than Jimmy Lemke. Hello. It has been so long since I've heard from anybody, and I'm glad to be back in the world. And now, since, since Jimmy got his uh, since Jimmy got Panther U locked out, um, he's at Twitter at Jimmy Lemke. So um, you can follow us on Twitter as well at Horizon RT. You can follow us on the web at HorizonRoundtable.com, and be sure to subscribe to us wherever podcasts are found. And Jimmy, I know last episode we stopped with uh, an explanation as to why Milwaukee is your fault. But before we do that, I want to reintroduce everybody uh, who's on this particular, uh, on this particular, this year's fan battle Royale. So we'll, we'll start again in alphabetical order with Cleveland state and uh, John. John dirty here. Um, Cleveland state looking for that back-to-back horizon league championship. And it's also the, uh, 10-year anniversary of the Cleveland State Superfan video, so hopefully we'll get to that in this episode. Great moment in Cleveland State fan history, I'm sure. Moving on, Detroit Mercy, Rick. Hey, Rick Neaton from Detroit Mercy, at Rick Neaton on Twitter, and uh, we're hoping that uh, we'll have a second winning year in a row. There you go. All right, uh, then moving on, there is a Purdue... Uh, I'd see Fort I put it in an alphabetical order Fort Wayne, but it should be Purdue Fort Wayne. And uh, screw it. I'm going to say to do it this way, Travis. <laughs> hey, you can call us whatever you want. We're IPFW, Fort Wayne, Purdue Fort Wayne. I mean, we've been I, I cannot call names. You, I cannot call you IPFW because I got in trouble once for doing that already. And I'm not yes. doing that again. With, that's, that's the one the media will attack you for. Uh, exactly. We're no longer have IU with us, so. Yeah. Okay, but yeah, Travis Alinsky at Travis Alinsky on Twitter here for Purdue Fort Wayne. Uh, Green Bay is up next, and of course, you all know Jim, right? Jim. Hey, it's a uh, Roll Tide, and it's a uh, hey, it's a uh, Jim Saro. I'm at Jim Saro, and I'll apparently based on my performance in the first half of this episode, I am using the new hashtag Ten Team Horizon. <laughs> <laughs> Ten Team Horizon. Go away. Good luck with that. All right. Uh, See you later, on. guys. All right, moving on. We got Brian from uh, Brian from uh, Oakland. What's going on, guys? At Kim John got skills on Instagram. Uh, class of 2010, Oakland University. Can I can I say one thing? No. Your 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 Twitter username is my favorite Twitter username of all time. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. It's it's absolutely beautiful. Uh, yeah. Uh, moving on. Uh, Ethan from Robert Morris. Ethan Morrison here for for for, for Robert Morris University uh, at Ethan Morrison twenty six on Twitter. Hoping for the Colonials to turn it around this year. All righty. And then uh, UIC Olier. That would be me, Olier Anderson. My Twitter handle is Flamesmania. Um, just waiting patiently for my team to. Again, get back to relevancy when we once dominated or co-dominated the league with Milwaukee. All right. And last, definitely not least, Matt from uh, Youngstown State. Thanks, Bob. Depends if you ask Jimmy or not. We would <laughs> definitely be in that least category. But, uh, yeah, Matt, Matt here, at MattyFin21 on Twitter. And I am here representing the 2022-2023 Horizon League champ 
Youngstown State Penguins. Oh, we got a champions of what? Players I'm sorry. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait. Actually, you know what? It's funny you mentioned that Jimmy has spent years bitching about Youngstown State, but if memory serves correct, Youngstown State has finished ahead of Milwaukee in multiple seasons. In fact, two years ago, if I recall correctly, Youngstown State actually made the Horizon League tournament, and Milwaukee didn't. Because Youngstown was 8th and Milwaukee was 10th Big fucking deal No, 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 no Milwaukee, yeah, Milwaukee was dead last You were so bad, you were worse than Cleveland State that year And that's really saying something So, but actually I'm glad we brought this up Because last episode we basically You basically copped to saying that Milwaukee is officially your fault And I want to know why you think that and yeah, I don't know why I, I, we're going to get will, a I will say this about first. this because we have no we have no Milwaukee fan who wanted to show up to this thing. So I, I, I'm I will doing say this as a service to you. I will say Not this: uh, you, if Milwaukee had made the Horizon League tournament in 2019, Milwaukee probably would have gone to the semifinals inexplicably. Because that's something that we do is like win Horizon League tournament games, even though we don't win fucking regular season games. No, you really don't. Really don't. This is why things are my fault. I, 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 I'll say this. So in Wisconsin, we have uh, one of the, by, the bylaws at the university require that when an athletic director's position is open at one of the Division One schools, or it might just be a UWM law, we have to retain a search and screen committee based up, made, made up of the athletic board as well as an extra student, uh, an extra uh, an extra community member, and two two extra community members and an extra faculty member. And lo and behold, when Bud Haiti announced his retirement, I was on the athletic board. So <laughs> I, as a student, was on the search and screen committee that hired the next athletic director. Uh, for those who don't know or don't remember, uh, the athletic director that was hired was a fellow named George Koontz. Now, George Koontz had been a uh, he had been a college football like star at Eastern Carolina, and then he played for the Green Bay Packers and was the captain of the defense when they won Super Bowl Thirty One. Even though he was injured at, during the Super Bowl, so he didn't play in it, he was the captain of the defense, not Reggie White, when they won the Super Bowl. So. He was one of the applicants, the other, and he was the one we eventually hired. Now, I was partial to a guy named Vince Sweeney, who was the uh, associate athletic director at Madison. Uh, as, as you guys know, I despise Madison now uh, as an athletics program. Really? But, I never noticed. Right. But, uh, but as far as like, like Vince Sweeney is concerned, um, I, I knew of him beforehand – because my he went to Edgewood High School with my uncles and like the Sweeney's and the Lawlers like a lot of them knew each other because they all went to Edgewood and uh, so I had that like family connection but then I was looking at his resume and this is a guy who if you've ever been to Madison Wisconsin there are a lot of businesses that have like Bucky Badger as like the logo. And the reason that they're able to do that, because as we all know, all of our all of our logos are um, all of our logos are like trademarked. 
the Bucky Badger was not trademarked. So when he came aboard there, he, number one, got the Bucky Badger trademark. He put together the Motion W logo. And he started like a kind of like sports business program, like inside the the uh, business school at Madison. And he was going to do those kinds of things for us because, as we all know, like branding was an issue. Well, so that's why I was partial to him. Rob Jeter pulls it, me into his office, and David Nicholas, who is um, David Nicholas, who was our biggest donor, uh, and he and he basically is like George Coons has got to be the guy. And I was like, are we sure? Like, I like Sweeney. The guy from Paul Schlickman from Central Connecticut State wasn't all that bad. And he's like, he's like, look, George Kuntz is going to get us into in, into doors that we'd never be able to get into in this state because he's a former Packer, because he's the, the captain of the Super Bowl team. And we kind of fell for that. So what had been like a split group of 15, 16 people – ended up being the biggest donor, the biggest fan, and the basketball coach all saying, this is the guy. And we and we made the recommendation to the chancellor that he hire George Kuntz. And then we, we said he should hire a strong financial planner as well, like somebody who can run the finances as an associate AD, that they should do that. Um, and they eventually hired Charlie Gross like five or six months after George started. But... The point, the, or about nine months after George started, but the point, the point is, is that I, I, I was part of the hiring for George Coons, and he sucked something awful, and it was just it began this dominoes of athletic directors to get us to, to this current domino that we just for some reason can't get rid of. Wow. Okay. Is Amanda Braun still there, Jimmy? Amanda Braun <laughs> is still fucking here. Is she? <laughs> You guys want to? Are you still banned by her, Jimmy? I was never banned. She she blocked me on Twitter, but I've never. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. Blocked. That's what I mean. Blocked. I'm sure I'm blocked. She blocked the account you can't get into. So yeah, maybe maybe I should follow her from my personal account. I don't know. Uh, The 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 fact of the matter is, Amanda Braun is partially my fault. Yeah. Okay. So. And that 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 is that legit? Like, do you think I like I I should like take some responsibility on that? Yeah. But finally, for the first time in how many years, own it, man. Own that yeah. shit. It's about growing up, taking responsibility. And at 34 years old, I think it's finally time for me to start taking some personal responsibility. <laughs> for, for the for the demise of Milwaukee athletics, yes. Yeah, That's yeah, yeah. Hey, Jimmy, you know, I... Although I, I should there's... point out, you know, your soccer teams are pretty good. I mean, but that's, you know... Hey, that's a... Uh, she made a good hire for women's soccer. You're, and I, yeah, and I was not sure she had... Your women's basketball team is pretty good. We had Chris Recklitz on. Uh, Kyle? Kyle. 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 Kyle Recklitz is my hero. See, good. Yeah. See, I'm surprised you didn't listen. She's to that. she's I'm legit. Didn't she's to legit. That episode, right. Even though you probably didn't listen to any other episode in the last two years. But anyway, um. Actually, I've been I've been going back and listening to a bunch lately. Well, it's about time. <laughs> yeah. I ran hey, out. Jimmy. I ran out of behind the bastards episodes, so I had to skip back to a different podcast. Hey Jimmy, I don't want to absolve you for or uh, put all this blame at your feet here because I actually yeah. think a, a failing of Amanda as an athletic director is not recognizing the voice that you had for the Panther fans. Like at some level, you know, whether it's corralling or helping you <laughs> understand or anything, like you, to get you as an ally would have been significantly better for her than to have you as an enemy. And 
I think that's a failing for her, quite frankly. Even though I, you know, I love piling on things for UWM, I think that's a big failing for her. There, to not to there were bring there in. were there were times when she tried. There really? were times when she tried. She would, um, she she went out of her way to spend a little more time with me than the other athletic directors would. She invited me to like into the department to listen to some of my ideas. A couple she like made better and went with, um, but yeah, like 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 she made some overtures, but her final goal was getting rid of Rob Jeter, and I was just I just could not have been a part of that. So I was there was never to the point where she had like courted me to the point where I knew anything like that, but she definitely like she definitely let me know of a couple like inside things to like try and win my trust. We just never got to the point where she could have been like, Hey, this is what my plan is because, because there's no way that like I would have immediately gone to kibosh it like I did when Koontz tried to get rid of Jeter too. So yeah, the, so yeah, I mean, yeah. And by the way, yeah, I can vouch for this because in the early days of the podcast, Jimmy, I know you had before the Rob Jeter firing. There was no. It, I never got any acrimony between you or the man abroad at all. But then the the the, the, the point it, it was the, getting there. Every, it was getting there. No, though. it wasn't that. It, we, we the dis, There wasn't disrespect. Like there was respectful disagreements on several things. Yeah. Uh, one of them was actually the hiring of Troy Fabiano to be the women's soccer coach, because. The, there's a guy who's an assistant at Northwestern women's soccer. Northwestern is where Mike, our, uh, our former coach went. So Mike and David went to took left us and took over Northwestern one, went to the NCAA tournament for the like first time in year. Like, like for, they've done really well there. I wanted David Nikolic, the assistant to come back here to be the head coach. And she ended up hiring Troy Fabiano, who did not have a great like as like our players on the team were not very excited for Troy Fabiano. So I I would I had a disagreement with her on that. I had a disagreement with her on a couple things, but like it was never disrespectful. It was never like I was never no. insulting her to a fit. It was it would be years before I would write an article that says Amanda Braun is not racist, she's just incompetent. Like that was that was a blog post on Panther U that that it was. Yes. I remember yeah. that one vividly actually. Right. Um, I think we might actually did an dedicated an entire podcast episode just to that, but uh, yeah, that's true. Um, so um, now that we've done all that, let's, let's talk to some of these other folks. I know <laughs> Rick, um, what's going on with Detroit mercy. Um, I know that obviously Antoine Davis is back next year. Um, Noah Waterman is obviously back next year. Who else is back? Because <laughs> we're not sure. I, I I guess Brad Calipari is going to be eventually joining his dad on the coaching staff, and then I don't know. And Chris Brandon is going to uh, Northern Kentucky, which nobody saw coming. Um, yeah. So what else is uh, uh what what's going on with Markel Frazier? Now, I don't <laughs> think anybody's heard from him lately. Um, I would expect that Frazier is not going to return. Um just because of age and injuries. And I don't think he's going to transfer. 
Um, I don't and, think he can because I think Markel Frazier will run into the same problem because his, this would be he because he's transferred before he would have to he'd run into that waiver issue as well if, if I'm not if I understand it correctly. Yeah, and you know he's older and he probably wants to make some money now. Sure. He's got he's got a couple of degrees um, and he he's from Canada. I don't. Maybe the only reason he stayed with us last year is Canada wouldn't let a, anybody back in. But um, the um, that's what I think happened. Maybe Matt Johnson leaves because the <clears throat> same reason. Hmm, that's interesting. Yeah, I, yeah, Matt, but, Matt Johnson, for whatever reason, isn't on my radar, and I don't know why. Sixth man <laughs> of the year, by the way. Um <laughs> So that's, but, uh, but everybody else will be back. So that means that Antoine will be back. Mm -hmm. um, Waterman um, will have Isiani. We'll have the two freshman guards, Lidl and Legreer. And Davis is high on Lidl. Okay. Um, we'll have um, Coca will mm -hmm. be back. So we'll what have, happened to Boy, that's a, uh, interesting about Boy Coca because he came in, he was, you know, contributing pretty well. And then like near the end of the season, he kind of fell off the planet. Yeah. Well, Davis wasn't satisfied with his conditioning uh, and ultimately, you know, he hadn't played in a year and a half at Tulane and he graduated early and was, uh, came in at the winter, at the de end of the December term and so Davis just decided that it would be better in the long run uh, if he didn't play. He played him a few minutes each half, but he just didn't have the stamina. So we expect a little bit more from him next year. Uh, and then we have uh, three new guys coming in, DJ Harvey from Vanderbilt, 6'6", yeah. uh, um, uh, forward, who uh, will – likely fill the role of uh, ball cool um we have uh two guys who will be role players kevin mcadoo from bradley whose father was the all-time assist leader at at detroit <clears throat> so automatically even oh. if balls on his face he becomes they become the all-time father-son assist uh, team and uh, leader in the team uh, even uh, Jermaine Jackson and Jermaine Jackson Senior Junior uh, weren't enough together. And then, um, by the uh, way, did you know Jermaine Jackson Junior is transferring again? Yeah. Good luck to him. <laughs> and, and, and so is Jack Ballantyne. A, yeah, know, they're, they're, they're like a, the dynamic duo, the wingman. You know, the point guard and the wingman. Oh uh, Jesus! Yeah, that's hey, Rick. I, I'm sure I, that's I'm, a, I'm sure there's a source of uh, I'm sure that's a source of. Uh, uh, it's source of something over in Detroit. <laughs> For those Wait, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I missed. I must have missed something. You, you mentioned Bull Cool replacing. He's gone. I didn't even know. He yeah. Was gone. He uh, Bull Cool is uh, Bull Cool is going to be playing pro basketball in his native Australia. Oh, he went pro. Okay, then. Yeah, All he right. went pro. Wow. Because yeah. uh, I thought, man, I'm going to just He's go out pro. and say it now. Detroit. I'm thinking is going to win the regular season next year. I thought they had a whip of a team this year, you know, it, in spite of COVID, you know, of course you don't have the time to measure the team during the regular, I mean, during the regular off season, but I think now they'll have the time. I'm man, 
that team, and I was shocked that Davis had put a team like that together. So I think they're going to be at the top of the heat come next season. And That's well, just me, though. Obviously, you got Antoine Davis coming back, and he he's he's he should be uh, unless Lad Love magically reappears, should still be the favorite. For, he should be player of the favorite next year, and he yes. should be shooting much better earlier than last season yes. as well. Yeah, I, I Rick, so it's a really issue. Hey Rick, I'm a I like Kevin McAdoo a lot. I've seen him at Bradley, you know, a little bit this year. So I'm at Eastern Michigan. Like, what of like the Frazier or Johnson? Like, which kind of guy do you think he takes over for? And also, last year Torian Thompson did not like do anything. Is he back or is he gone? Can He's gone. Okay. He's gone. Um, that was an attempt at rehabilitating a player, and it didn't work out. So um, it's too bad. Um, McAdoo actually is going to be more of a traditional point guard. So he would fill kind of a Markel Frazier role in bringing the ball up and allowing Antoine to play off the ball. And he would give us, uh, some good minutes in each half. Um, at the end of the season, when, uh, Davis met, coach Davis met with, uh, alumni via a zoom call, he indicated his three um, recruiting priorities were uh, a strong forward, who is DJ Harvey, a um, post player so we can play inside out, and he wants a, a more muscular, stronger post player, and then a ball handler who can either spell Davis and give him uh, less time to play they only want him to play maybe 32 minutes a game, not 38, ideally. And um, McAdoo fills that role. And then they brought in a D2 transfer, Max Curran, who's uh, 6'9", about 210. He played on the UMBC team <clears throat> that beat Virginia by 20 in 2018. <clears throat> but he's coming from Florida Southern. They think he's more of a, a role player and a strong personality, winning personality. So we have three, we can bring in three new players, whether Frazier or Johnson stay or go, we have three more openings because Frazier and Johnson don't count against our limit. Yeah. So um, I would look to see a post player come in, a more traditional post player, not necessarily a seven footer maybe even a 6'8 or 6'9 guy to play inside who can catch and then pass out to a shooter on the wing. I would look to see another wing player come in and another guard come in. Well, so let me ask you that, this, Rick. Um, yeah. Because last year I saw I actually saw a lot of Willie Isiani doing really well in the paint. Um, what are the chances of Mike Davis convincing him to do more of that and less of shooting three-pointers? I think there's a lot to be said. Uh, Davis thinks he's our best <laughs> dribble, his best dribble handoff guy. Um, but, um, and he's strong. I mean, he was the heaviest guy on the team last year at 230 who played. Uh, Thompson weighed more, but he was unable to play. So um, there's possibility for that. Um, and, but Davis isn't mad when Isiani shoots. What he says is that Willie doesn't, Willie doesn't need to hang his head when he makes a mistake or misses a shot. And he was hoping to, uh, 
to improve his attitude that way. So he has very specific recruiting needs. We have um, for players, he's putting filling specific pieces. Uh, we think we have a good core of uh, Antoine uh, Waterman and Harvey, and we hope to add a post player. McAdoo gives us a competent ball handler. Handler, and I think that's a pretty good car too. I think it's a really good car. And um, so, and Lidl, he's convinced Lidl's going to be a thousand point scorer, uh, like a Bader for that uh, played for Oakland. And uh, you might see him make a step up uh, as a sophomore and earn some playing time in this year. And of course, we don't know who the other three guys are going to be. And we may not know until June who they all are. You that know, is, that some, that said, is some high pra- high expectations if he's, if he's thinking he could be a thousand point scorer. Well, 300, if he shoots 75% of his shots are three pointers. Uh, and uh, it's not hard to wow. score a thousand points in three years anymore. All right. Yeah, I thought it was interesting, yeah. Rick, that uh, you said Isiani kind of hanging his head. I, I'd, from an outsider perspective, you know, Davis has no problem reaming people out, you know, talking smack about his team to the local media to the in the post game press conference. So that's got to be such a balancing act for those guys to know, like, okay, did I do something right or wrong, or is, is Coach gonna <laughs> chew me out? Like, I mean, he's had some epic meltdowns, you know, after games, after losses, and that is true. Guys. Yeah, but as a as a fan, I'm happy that he cares. And secondly, he's honest. He doesn't BS me, and he doesn't BS the kids. Now, sometimes the kids don't want to hear what he has to say, and uh, that's probably what happened in the case of Brandon. Um, but um, that is uh, just the way he is. And I'd rather have a coach who cares and who speaks honestly than have uh, a coach uh, like our prior to who every press conference began hats off to our opponent for doing such and such and such and such. And I, I don't like to lose. Um, I've been around long enough that um, I remember when we didn't lose as much as we have been. And it's been a long road. It's been a long fight to make things better. We have uh, about seven and a half million dollars of improvements that are going to begin next year on Callahan Hall and the field outside. And um, it we're serious about uh, stepping back up and being a competitor in the Horizon League. Well, that's, that's good. Fantastic. That's really good. So, um, yeah. Um, actually, moving uh, moving a little nor- uh, moving to your to your rivals up uh, of uh, north of you in Oakland. So, Brian, well, what can you t- it seems to me that this is Jalen Moore's team and Jalen Moore's team, <laughs> basically. Yeah, um, Boogie uh, transferred over to Pitt. Uh, we got Jamal yeah. King coming in. So, yeah, we got uh, Kevin Kangu is still undecided. So, yeah, you know, it's kind of like. That's a, interesting. A, yeah, because he was one of the. He, he's, he, I think he, he's out. he announced he was going to mm-hmm. go into the transfer portal, and we haven't heard where exactly he's going to land yet. Yep, yep. So, like, I, I think he's out. So, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking, what, Zion's going to step up? 
sounds like Zion's stayed in state. He's been uh, working out with Will the Thrill, apparently. Will the Thrill? Will Will Bynum. Oh, Pistons. okay. Pistons. Ah, yes, yes. Is he, he's, he retired, didn't he? That is correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is a retired NBA player, but uh, he he is a uh, will a buy him from Georgia Tech. Uh, if did he go to GT? Yes. Yeah, that's the same. Yeah, one. yeah, yeah. The same guy. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah, GT, and then uh, played what overseas for like ten years, and then came and played for the Pistons for like six or seven years. Yeah. Well, you also got a pretty de- you got a pretty high profile transfer in uh, Jamal Kane out of Marquette coming in. Local boy from Pontiac. That one's going to be, yeah, he's going to be pretty good. He should be pretty good next year. Um, I think he's probably going to make you miss, uh, he's going to probably make you miss Oladapo less. At the very least, make him miss uh, Rashad Williams, who transferred, even though he's probably going to get hit with that whole waiver thing. <laughs> I think he is as well. Like, I, I think he's got to sit. So that's going to be gonna a- have to. I think he's going to have to. It's just, yeah, I, I, that one, that is one, that is actually one transfer. I'm not really, I don't think anybody really, because we talked about it on the podcast before, and that one's a head scratcher for us. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So, uh, just got to look forward, you know, like, uh, w- wish him luck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where'd he go? Uh, St. Louis over in the A10. So, yeah, yeah. He's going to be looking for shots, man. You know, yes, it's such yes. an interesting fit for him to go to St. Louis because St. Louis is built on defense. Like Travis Ford requires you to defend, and I don't think that guy played defense in two years. I've seen him in the Horizon League, so no, no, he didn't. Nah, he's just a volume shooter. Maybe, maybe he thinks he can punch some defense into him or something. <laughs> wow, that punch. I it, forgot maybe, about maybe, that. Maybe he figures he can coach. He can coach him into it. I don't think Travis Ford ever punched anybody, did he? No, not Travis Ford, no. Oh. Not that guy. Oh, well, then why were you, like, you talking about Hey, Brian, can I ask you an Oakland question? Oh, yeah, that's yeah, right. Absolutely. All right, you know, so from my perspective as a Green Bay fan, like, I, you know, Oakland's another team that, like, I think Campy gets a lot of credit around the league for being a great coach, and he's funny. But it almost, to me, covers up the fact that the team is always inherently selfish. Like, it's just loaded up with guys who, you know, shoot first and ask questions later. And I kind of almost see, like, the self-fulfilling prophecy. They keep losing players because when you have no uh, accountability to the players, it seems like nobody's accountable to anything. And then they get pissed that there's not enough balls to go around. And then they turn over the whole team year after year after year. Uh, What do you think is leading to them, you know, Losing all their players all the time. I mean, this isn't like the first time it's happened. It's three, four, five years in a row. Yeah, yeah no, it's been common lately and whatnot. But like, I, I feel like if you're transferring in or you're coming to Oakland and whatnot, generally, you know, uh, what what can't be systems all about? You know, like it's run and gun. You know, like it's drive and kick. It's all about offense. Like he's not necessarily a defensive guy. Like th- th- this year, that's once once in a while you know like so if you come in thinking that you're gonna be the guy like all right well let's let, let, let's let's see if you you got it you know like 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 you said there is only one ball so like yeah yeah i'm not i'm not too sure like if a bunch of these guys are who are coming because like most of them are all like two-star guys so he, he, he's just throwing a, bu- a bunch of stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks, I guess. 
and for what's interesting about yeah. yeah, what's interesting about Campy though is like for whatever reason, uh, it doesn't you know most of the non-conference season he just they just load up with bye games and but usually when they get to the conference schedule it seems to work out pretty well. I mean they made it to the finals of the Horizon League tournament this year, so um, I mean I guess yeah, that's it. if, it, if it works for him, I guess you do you, man. <laughs> Yeah, and we're generally in the top half of the league and whatnot. Yeah, we haven't won it yet. That's super unfortunate. Like, finally we got to the finals, but we just we, we just can't get over that hump. Some kids well, yeah. still don't like to be, and I know it's probably minor, but some kids still don't like to be yelled at and embarrassed with profanities being spewed by the coach. It's on TV. Sometimes your parents are in, and parents and friends are in the stands. They still don't like that, and and Campy does it quite a bit. I mean, I'm he turns red and he's just going off. A lot of young people do, they still don't like that, man. So Euler, like, um, the way I look at it is like it, coming in, you know, like you're an 18 year old man. You know this coming in. It's not like it's out of the blue. Like this man's been here for a billion years. This is you what this man it. does. You so, see like, it, but I, yeah. So I see that as like man, like a weak true. excuse. Like we're, we're you're an adult, like. You know that coming in, like he. If you think that he's not going to do that to you, like that's a pipe dream. Like no, no. Also, he, yeah, I mean, you know, it's one thing to some see of this stuff it goes viral. You should know this by now. <laughs> he's when he's but, recruiting you, he's not yelling at you. He's talking to you, and, and Camp is a cool dude. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. That's one thing when he's recruiting you, talking to you about the university and what his plans are for you on the team. But once you get into battle. Man, now you see this dude. Now he's turned into Mr. Hyde. You didn't expect that. You may, I, you may have. I, I don't know, man. Like, I, that's just not. That's just not how I see it, man. Like, like, I, I feel like you know that that that's a style of coach he's gonna be. Like, if yeah. you don't want that type of coach, don't pick. You know, like, pick another school then. Regardless think, of yeah, how I hard he, he's, he's recruiting, you. you know. Like, I think. I think what he's saying is that sometimes it's not issue. a. You see, it's minor. I think that's yeah. a non-issue. I I, mean, and I, yeah. I I I tend to agree with Olier, but all, the reason that I agree with him isn't isn't because like can't be. I I think that it's because what like Olier saying is that these kids, they're seventeen, eighteen year old kids. Maybe it's not quite apparent to them that he's yelling at that guy. Like maybe in the, the maybe they don't watch a lot of their games, or maybe they only watch some clips, and then. The, on their one visit, maybe that's a game where Campy's not yelling as much. You know, it's it's entirely possible that they could not be, they could be not seeing the same. They could they could be like missing him yelling at the players. Is what I'm, what what? Yeah, you know, Jimmy. Have. One thing I think how with, you be missing with him, open, man? <laughs> Well, one thing I think about the you know being hard on players is they're okay with that. Players are okay with that when you're winning, but when you're not winning. That's like f this guy. I, I'm tuning that out. Like that, whatever you're telling me is not working because we're not winning. But and I've seen that. Like you know, we were kidding around in the last uh, episode about Wardle, and I think we met, talked about Brian Wardle somewhere yeah. when we were talking. And right. he's notoriously hard on players. And I, you saw it last year with Bradley. They were going toe to toe with Xavier in Missouri, and then their team fell apart. And you know now that voice gets lost. I think that's something for Campy. And to me, that kind of comes back to scheduling. Like last year, they were 0-7 in non-conference, but 10-10 and in the league. And in non-conference, their Ken Palm was like 290, and they got up to 220 by the end of the season. Like there, he is the exact guy that should stop scheduling like a horse's ass and schedule to win some games, for goodness sake. 
Yeah, but a lot of that is all you got to realize. That's not always basketball, dude. Like, so the, the money yeah. that we make for that pays for the rest of the athletic athletic department. Like, you got to realize that. Like, he's um, also it's about basketball, but it's not that on this. That is a fundamental false falsehood that Greg puts out there. That is just absolutely blatantly Can we not do an true. Entire episode on this, <laughs> and there's no way. After I listening to that, Jim, we don't make so we don't make any money. All right, cool. yeah, sure. Three hundred thousand dollars on a ten million dollar budget—that's three percent. And on top of that, he keeps a hundred thousand of that. You make two hundred thousand dollars. You're not buying shit with that. You're losing. You're killing the league, and you're killing your Ken Palm and your RPI and your net and everything else for two hundred thousand dollars. I mean, figure out a way to make two hundred thousand dollars another way on a ten million dollar budget. That's all. I, you uh, know. By the way, Jim. But incidentally, like, Jim, to your point, you think we're, um, you think we're just pulling in like 200k? Are you serious, man? Like, dude, like, you, like, like you said, we schedule like five to seven of those games. We're pulling in six figures, roughly on like three to four of those games. Like, we're definitely pulling in close, if not over seven seven figures on on those games, man. And like I said, that money goes goes to, to the athletic uh, department. Um, actually, uh, Jim, I actually want to mention to your point. You play five or six. Um, uh, does anybody get a guarantee of over six figures on a game? I didn't know. I've never. I didn't know people were getting this out. Actually, in the industry right now. Like, no, you know, like, to your point, actually, I'm actually not being paid anything on that game. Not to beat a dead horse, but um, to your point about the the you know the amount of money that comes in from these buy games. To your point. Um, Let's and of course we don't have a right state person on here. Um, right state had to cut two uh, had to cut two sports, and the amount of money they probably would have paid uh, the amount of money they could have used for uh, uh, to probably fund those sports could have came from buy games that right state didn't do last year or never does. Um, so I could I see your I see your argument there, but. I what sports do they kill? What sports do they kill at Red State? Uh, Baseball? Tennis. And they softball. kill tennis. And softball. And softball. Softball. Weren't they like a power in softball in the conference? But, you know, yeah. there's a good point. Like, Wright State, they're you know, 73, in the, 73 in the Ken Palm last year. You look at the standings for the league, they were second, you know, 16 and 4 in conference play. But when it got to the end of the, at the end of the league at in the conference tournament, they they didn't get to the even to the semifinals because they lost to Milwaukee. So their record look makes them look league. significantly better than they were compared to the rest of the league and you know the year before that they lost. They've had troubles getting out of the Horizon tournament. So that's my point is yeah. that the the difference between a, a 220 and a 70 isn't very much on the court, but it's a lot in the metrics. And when you're just doing that for a couple hundred thousand dollars, that, that's hurting the league. You got to stop doing that as a league. We have to. No, you know that's not going to happen, right? But here, here's the thing: we <laughs> literally though, like, know that's not going to happen. We have um, to look at we have to look at scheduling as a group. We need to look yes. at getting more of those like challenges. We need to like figure out how to get better games on the schedules for the better teams. Which is yeah, and that's probably why they yeah, and that's probably the way they were thinking of that uh, Horizon League Summit League deal. With theoretically, it's going to be next year as well. And I mean, I don't understand why there's not a Horizon League MAC challenge, considering the fact that literally every MAC team plays at least one or two Horizon League teams every freaking year. Well, that's every your year. challenge. That's your challenge every year. No. So, um, well, I so. I wanted to call, I wanted to close this uh, this particular fan battle royale with, with with the champs, the kings of the Horizon League, Cleveland State. Oh darn, John dropped off the call. <laughs> so, 
So I get to talk about them. <laughs> um, Typical Cleveland State. This is why I'm glad that Dennis Gates has built what he's been building, is that we can have more fans. More, I have more people. I'll have more people to choose from, to uh, for future fan events. And by the way, I mean, you know, and by the way, you prop up those two guys as super fans. Craig Jones, I mean, that guy's a super fan. We had him on in the fall. We, the only problem, the only reason we didn't have him on this year is because we had, uh, you know, he's he's always has some scheduling conflicts. I mean, you know. It's always been an argument with them, but I am more interested in the fact that, you know, when you look at what Cleveland – and by the way, Torrey Patton's coming back next year. So they've got their yeah. entire starting five coming back. And they've got yeah. like – I think you're going to go uh, – keep joking about this. I think you're going to go full uh, – they're going to just do hockey shifts. So five guys on, five guys off next year. So be ready. It, it did, I, I think I heard that they're, um, that they're one of like three teams in the country that didn't lose a starter to transfer. Yeah, it, it pro- well, I believe so. They did lose a couple of guys. They did lose two transfers, though. They lost Hugo Ferreira, who, if you know, Oakland fans are gonna miss because you know he's the one that who's uh, he's the one who got um, he's the one who uh, Rashad Williams put on his put on his butt a couple of years ago. And then Alec Oglesby is tra- transferred over to uh, UNC Wilmington. But I watched that, that clip weekly, Bob. What's that now? I watched that clip weekly. I know you do. Yeah, and, and the two guys that are in that aren't even in the Horizon League anymore. <laughs> Memories. <laughs> but yeah, so but in but now next year they they actually do have two grad transfers coming in next year too. Um, they got Brock Finstoon. He's from he's a third leading scorer from Pacific. And then they got Nate Jack, who clearly, uh, who's from Florida State, so obviously Dennis Gates knows him pretty well. He's a you know three point shooter, so I I got the I got the I got why Alec Oglesby transferred because in this system he's gonna be a role player just like everybody else is, and I, I he's got the game to be the main guy somewhere, and then I guess that somewhere is gonna be UNC Wilmington. But regardless, I mean, you've still got, you know, you still got a first teamer coming back. You still got the defensive player of the year coming back and you got a whole mess load of guys coming back. So enjoy your time. I still, I think that Cleveland state actually, I, Cleveland state obviously surprised a bunch of people this year. I don't think that's going to happen this year. <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen next year, but I think they're going to be ready for it. I say so that ready now, for it. And, you know, what's that? They're just going to be so ready, so ready for it. Yeah. So. Anyway. I mean, it's hard to pick against Cleveland State at this point. You have every meaningful piece coming back, and you added two more meaningful pieces. I mean, yeah. and unlike some of the other programs around the league, they have a coach that instills a uh, team, and you don't really ever sense like that um, ball hogging, you know, selfish play that you see in a lot of college basketball. Kind of I mean, can. I mean, the way they play. Yeah. I mean, there's no way, I mean, selfishness can't, you can't do it. I mean, it's like, nope. there's no way there, you know, there, there's easily, a, if you do that, there's easily a guy in that rotation who will take your spot without a doubt, which is, and, and it's funny because, you know, for years, Cleveland state was the poster child of transfers and now they're not. So I'm already jazzed about that too. So really appreciate that. So, 
All right. So I closed out the show. So that's going to oh, do it. For yeah. Yes. It got contentious a little bit there. I like that. You know what? Because I'm tired of all the bullshit. That's why. We have we I know we have other No, I was talking I was I was talking about the the fight over Oakland. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. We did do hashtag nine team horizon. (laughs) Hashtag we replaced Butler. Five horizon league teams in the NCAA tournament next year. Oh God! Don't don't let Carrick hear you that hear that he's already been uh, you know touting uh, two two bid horizon for next year. Five bid horizon. Yeah, so I don't know. Maybe we'll find out soon enough. So um, that's gonna close it out for us. Uh, thank you, ever thanks everybody for participating. Um, and uh, we'll we'll see you guys in the, maybe in the fall, maybe next year. Um, not sure what we're going to do in the next couple of weeks. I think we got a couple of coaches we'll be talking to, maybe. Who knows? We'll find out. Oh, but anyway, um, until then, HorizonRoundTable.com. You can find us, uh, all our episodes, everything else. And you can pull us up on your uh, Amazon or Google devices. So thanks to everybody for participating, and thank you all for listening. Thank you for enduring, folks.